Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Every kid rebels. That's natural. That's their sin nature. Some worse than others. And we need God's wisdom to find out how to do that, to direct them down the path. Now remember, when you try to bend them, you can't bend them too hard with too much discipline because you'll break them. But you can also withhold it and destroy them. You say, boy, that's tough. How are we going to do That's why we study God's Word. That's the balance between love and limits. A big question in American culture is, what is the right way to discipline a child? In Old Testament times, the answer was to use the rod of correction to apply physical punishment to the body of the child. In recent times, this has been frowned upon as a form of child abuse. Both viewpoints make very good arguments. Pastor Mark will discuss both viewpoints in today's message on Lessons for Living. The bottom line is to pray for God's guidance and wisdom when dealing with your children and discipline. God will tell you what's right, and He has established that in His Word. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 18, with our continuing study entitled, Love and Limits. Proverbs 19.18 says this, Discipline your son. Again, girls, that includes you. For in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party, listen, to his death. Parents must start at a young age. That's where the hope comes from. Teaching their children to respect authority in the home and for God. At a young age, be teaching your children the biblical values. At a young age, show them that living for God is right. John Corson has a tremendous church out in Oregon and just said to him, what is the best thing that we can do in our homes for our kids? You know, we just talked about this last week, and he said there's one thing that you can do, family devotions. And I wanted to scream, yes! That's what we're talking about. Where are these kids going to learn this? They're going to learn it from your parents at a young age, on those Sunday nights or Monday nights or whatever night you have, and all through the week as that happens. Look at Proverbs 13, 24. I'm trying to go through Proverbs for you. This is what it's about. He who spares the rod. Again, that means all forms of discipline. Timeouts, the whole kind of thing. Sit in the corner, whatever, all those kind of things. Take away the TV, whatever. Myself, house arrest for two weeks. He who spares the rod. What? Hates his son. But he who loves him is careful, in other words, that's where the wisdom comes, is careful to discipline him. Proverbs 29, 15. The rod of correction 
imparts wisdom. And you might want to put there, to the seed of understanding. And you know where that seed is, don't you? It's the glutamus maximus. It's got padding for a reason. Sometimes my medical part comes out, sorry. The rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mother. You see, when you see a child being defiant at three or four or five his parents, and there is absolutely no control, that child is going to have a horrible life. And who's the fault? The parents who think they're loving. Let me just say this to you tonight, parents. If your children or students are in control of your home, you need to find a way to change that. Now, if it's been going on for a while, it's going to be tough. You need to have a little family meeting. And you need with gentle, not with anger, Begin to turn that around because you're going to ruin your children. I'm not talking about hard rule where there's no fun, there's no laughter, there's no joy. I'm not talking about it. Lord help us, there needs to be fun at home. I'm not talking about every little thing that you're picking on. This is not the armed forces in the home. My wife used to get on me when I'd come home. She says, you're not the boss here. This is not an employee that you're talking to. Because I'm more of a disciplinarian. So she brought balance to me. And that's why God has you with a spouse that needs balance. Some of you kind of, just let it go. Others of you, (laughs) somewhere in there is what? The balance. The balance. One more verse quickly. 23, 13. Do not withhold discipline from a child. Do not withhold. If you punish him with the rod any kind of discipline, he will not die. Even though the kids scream in bloody murder, he will not (laughs) die. Number five, accept God discipline gladly. Parents must say no. Children, students, must say yes and obey their parents. Ephesians 6, 1 says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Now remember, the goal of loving discipline and limits is to teach our children and our students to submit to God and their parents. Both of those things are authority. Let me just read for you Proverbs 12, 1. No, I want you to go there because I want you to see this. The Bible's great. And also go to Proverbs chapter 1. I'm going to go pretty fast here. Proverbs 12.1. The Bible is pretty plain. It just says it like it is. Wait till you read this translation. I love it. Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. (laughs) Would you like to know the Greek meaning of the word stupid? It means stupid. Isn't the Bible, man, the Bible is amazing to me. What it means is that even when God's disciplined me, if I go, I'm just stupid. I'm stupid. I'm a fool. Now look at Proverbs chapter 1, quickly. And because of time's sake tonight, I won't go through, but I want you to look at these verses from 10 through 16. 
This is about one thing. This is about, and you can read it at home, verse 15 is when the parent says, don't go down this path. You, you see, when a student disobeys their parents, this is basically for students now, those of you that are 12 to 18, 20, whatever, still at home. When a student disobeys his parents, or when the parents fail to set limits, Satan always steps in with peer pressure. Sin is attractive. And all of this is talking about here. If sinners entice you, do not, don't go down that path. In other words, don't follow peer pressure. Because if you do, if you fail to listen to your parents, it will have disastrous effects. Some of you saw the paper today. I was reading it this morning. The section, student begins sentence for drunk driving. Miami, two days after graduating, an 18-year-old high school honor student surrendered Friday to serve a three- to six-year term, prison term, for drunkenly running down another promising teen. Well, what happened? Wonderful girl, sharp-looking girl, brilliant but she went down the wrong path. She was enticed by friends that said, it's fun, have fun, let's do it. It was fun. You know what it was? Listen, on June 1st, 2000, Wagner, then 17, spent the afternoon drinking tequila and smoking marijuana, obviously not alone. She then climbed into her new Audi 2000 with two friends and sped 60 miles an hour down a two-lane road, hurrying home, hurrying to get home. In the time, killed another honor student as she went. Now we're three to six years in prison. You see, verses 1 to 10 says this, and students, listen to me. Don't be stupid! She sits in jail tonight, an honor student. Because she either, there were no limits set by her parents, I don't know that, or she just went by them. It's innocent. It looks fun. It's exciting. But it'd be your end. Don't laugh. It'll be your end. I preach funerals for things like that. Don't laugh. You see, if you laugh and listen to me kindly, you're stupid. You think you're cocky and you think you're smart. But my friends, you're stupid. This is the Bible. This isn't Mark Balmer. Adult, you're falling for peer pressure tonight. As a young adult, you're stupid. So am I. If you're on the internet and you're looking at that jazz, you're stupid. And it will have an end that you don't want. When I was at the pastor's conference, three more Calvary Chapel pastors that have fallen. You say, well, it can't happen to Calvary Chapel if we preach the word. Oh, yes, it can. It can happen to me. It can happen to you if we don't allow the discipline of the Lord to do its work. This is not a game. This is written in real life. That article is from our paper today. Now let me put this on the board because I think it's very important. Some children or students refuse to obey their parents regardless of the limits or the discipline. When that happens, parents, you're not to blame. Listen to the statement I have on the board. I put it up here for a reason. Parents, you cannot make your children godly. Look at the statement. 
Parents are responsible to be godly and train their children, students, in the way of the Lord. You have that responsibility. Some of you are not, not believers. We'll give you an opportunity in a moment. You need to train your children. You say it's too late. No, it's not too late. Start now. But even when you do that, you cannot make your children godly. Sometimes we do the best we know how, even though we fail as parents. We do the best we know, and our kids turn out ungodly. And they go down, they're prodigals, they go down all these paths, and we can just be filled with guilt. I can't make my child, my son and daughter, love God. I can bend them, I can direct them, I can encourage them, I can discipline them, but eventually they choose themselves. So that doesn't mean I should give up. If you have a son or a daughter, a grandson, in-laws, whatever, that don't know God, that are away from God, keep praying. Don't give up. Remember the story of the prodigal? He comes home. Keep praying. And by the way, when the prodigal comes home, you know what the Bible says? He stopped being stupid. Because the Bible says he came to his... That's exactly right. Number six. Maybe the most important one of all evening. Listen. Earthly discipline affects eternal destiny. Our last verse tonight, Proverbs 23, 14. The Bible is always relating to eternal things. You see, if a child is raised in a godly home, they have a better chance to understand God in his loving character. They have a better chance to come under the authority of their parents and God. They get a better chance, if they're raised in a godly home, to understand that God's compassionate, slow to anger, patient with us, and yet still disciplines us because he loves us. Our goal in our homes, as I said before, is to bend them gently with God's help so that they'll walk down the right road. We can't force them. But we want to encourage them to do that. And the only way we can encourage them to do that is with the love and with the limits. And knowing when the limits are there, they're going to rebel. Every kid rebels. That's natural. That's their sin nature. Some worse than others. And we need God's wisdom to find out how to do that, to direct them down the path. Now remember, when you try to bend them, you can't bend them too hard with too much discipline because you'll break them. But you can also withhold it and destroy them. You say, boy, that's tough. How are we going to... That's why we study God's Word. That's the balance between love and limits. But it's more... Both of our kids, and I, in the secular world, are successful. They're both professionals. They're doing very well. Both of their marriages are in trouble. I don't share very often from my heart with you in that sense. They're both Christians. Their spouses, who once served God, are far from God. So we have pain in our heart, just like you do. We're the same as you. So we pray. They were both virgins when they married. They did it right. They married Christians. And for whatever reason, I don't know, at this moment, their marriages are in trouble. 
But there's one thing more that's more important to me than any of that. And I just share that with you, not to gossip, and I hope you don't, just to pray. Because I need your prayers, Linda and I do, just like you guys need our prayers. But one thing's more important to me than any of that, even though it saddens our heart. Both of our kids really love God. And they're serving God. See, it's not really about these 70 years here. It's about when you die. Do you know God? Or don't you know God? Do your children know God? Or don't they know God? And this verse, 2314, just says it like it is. Look at it. Punish him with the rod, all kinds of discipline, and save his soul from where? The real meaning of that is hell. So what that means is this. The whole purpose of this discipline is that we have a bigger responsibility than making sure our kids are successful. Our goal is that they know God. And with that knowledge of God, they're walking the right path. Where are they going to learn that? Where are they supposed to learn that? In our homes. From us. Again, some of you tonight have... Children that aren't serving God. And you did everything you knew to do is right. You can't take the blame. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. See, our children choose their own route. Their own route. Last week when Lynn and I flew home, I went to the back of the airplane and from England and just stretching my legs back there and one of the stewardesses came out of the restroom and she went, Phew-wee. really bad. And I said, that reminds me of some mission trips I've been on. Joe, I said, I was a pastor. She said, really? Where? I said, at Calvary Chapel. She said, wow, I used to go to Calvary Chapel, California. So I began talking. Couldn't get away from her. She wanted to talk. She said, you know, I used to serve God, and I moved to the Atlanta area. She said, I married a man who used to serve God, but he doesn't want anything to do with God now. We have two teenage sons. They want to go to church. And you know, I've tried all kinds of churches, and most of them are weird. I can't find a church that just teaches the Word of God. They just run up and down the aisles, or you go and nothing is taught. So I just encourage her for a while. When she sat down with me, finally she came down, she sat right in the aisle. And all the people are trying to get by, and she's, and I'm talking to her about God's word. Then another stewardess came by, and we had to go to back, start teaching. Why? Because people are hungry for the truth. And I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you to begin inviting your friends like you've never invited before. To Saturday night, to Sunday morning, to Wednesday night. There are literally millions of people in our community that want to know how to live life right. We're the only ones that have the answer. When I finished with her, she said, you didn't come here by accident, did you? She said, you really encouraged my heart. I'm getting ready to send her a whole packet of tapes, get her some stuff, recommend some churches in her area. Guys, it's about our destinies. That airplane ride was just a culmination to the gospel that we presented over there. And I want to share this with you tonight. 
Just listen to me really closely. Earlier I said some of you are sons and daughters of God. Some of you are not. Because of these verses. Look at these verses in John. You'll see them. John 1, 12. If you look at them, it tells you how to become a son and daughter of God. Look at it. To all who received him, to those who kept believing in his name, he gave authority to become God's children. Now here's how you can't become a child of God. Who were born, not merely in a physical sense. Just because you were born in a physical sense doesn't make you God's child. Generically it does, but spiritually it doesn't. Not from a fleshly impulse. In other words, you say, well, Pastor Mark, one of these days I'm going to accept Jesus Christ by faith in my life. When I'm ready, you can't have that. The Bible says you can only come to God when He asks you to come. So if He's already dealing with your heart tonight, you need to come tonight. And look at the third way. Or from a man's desire. See, no man can say to you, I'm going to baptize you now, and that will make you a Christian. I'm going to make you a member of this church. And you are going to become a Christian. I force you to come down this aisle. No man can do that. I can't give you communion as a man and you become a son and daughter of God. How do you become a son or daughter? daughter of God? One way. You believe by faith that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. See, your sins separate you from God. That sin nature that I talked about has to be dealt with. And there's only one way to deal with it. You have to believe that Jesus died for you. Some of you tonight aren't going to heaven. And there's only one other choice. It's hell. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how many years you've been in the church. If you absolutely don't know God tonight, in a moment when we pray, you're not joining this church, we don't have membership. If God's spoken to your heart tonight, if you absolutely know you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, don't leave this building tonight. You see, you will spend eternity either with God as your heavenly Father or apart from Him. Choice is yours. You say, well, I'm not choosing tonight. I'm not ready to... You've already chosen then. You've chosen to say no. Don't do that. Like the woman on the plane, you're not here by accident. And the greatest thing I can say to you tonight is, don't rebel against God's love. Do you know he sent his only son to die for you? Jesus gave in to God's authority and he went to the cross willingly not because he had to so that you could have life you'll never get your family straight you never get your life straight you never get your kids you'll never get your life straight unless you get straight with God it's not making fun it's not playing a game it's just coming no one likes to be disciplined but when we learn the reason for discipline and teach it to our children we see a picture of God's love for us. The goal of loving discipline and limits is to teach our children to submit to authority, God's and their parents. In doing so, we're responding to the responsibility to be godly and train our children in the ways of the Lord. But parents must remember that it's not their job to make their children godly. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now be sure and tune in next time. We will look at the prayer of Jabez as recorded in 1 Chronicles. This prayer consumed the Christian world a few years ago. Pastor Mark will clear up some misunderstandings that many people have in regards to this prayer that Jabez offered to God. It shouldn't be looked at as a get-rich-quick prayer, but rather a prayer for God to use us in a mighty way. This should be a very formative teaching. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your 